0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 147 of Do The Woo. It's going to be an exciting one today. This is the first time that Zach and I have been co-hosting without the famous Bob WP. Uh, So we can can take the show off the rails. Uh, Before we get into uh, who our guest is, and it's a super awesome guest, uh, Zach, how's life?
1: You know, it's really good, man. It's... uh been really interesting. I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot of fun work and enjoying life and now have a, a six year old that keeps me on my toes every day. So
0: that, uh, you must have strong toes. Um, that sounds, that sounds like a wild, uh, a wild life. Well, Zach, uh, I just had, I guess this is the podcast debut of this information, but I just had a kid, uh, and he's about four weeks old. So, um, less keeping me on my toes and more just like making me sleep deprived, which makes me even crazier, uh, than I normally am. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting wild, but we're not here to talk about our kids, which is a phrase I didn't think I would say. Um, we're here to talk with the, uh, famous Josepha. Uh, and Zach, I'll let you, introduce Josepha, um, but before before we get into that, um, I just wanted to thank Bob for letting us take his show uh, from him uh, as as co-host, because I think it's going to be uh, super fun, and I'm super excited to co-host with you, Zach, so uh, let's let's get into it. Zach, why don't you introduce the famous Josepha Hayden Champozzi? Is it <laughs> Champozzi? How do you say it?
2: Josepha
3: Hayden-Champosi. Ah,
1: Champosi. Sure, I'll introduce Josepha Hayden-Champosi, who just introduced herself. Um, (laughs) So Josepha is uh, uh, somebody I've known in the WordPress space since about the time that I got into it. And uh, is now the executive director of WordPress. That's insane. Wow! To think about right. It really is, and <laughs> has just been, in my opinion, the the best steward that we've ever had in this project.
2: Oh, thank you. That's really nice. Because I stand on the shoulders of some giants, so you do. No, so, yeah. yeah.
1: but you're a giant yourself, so it's relatively easy,
2: right? <laughs> well, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so I guess in the in the in the famous history of this show the famous questions that are asked to the famous people that are on it. Uh, Josefa, how do you do the Woo?
2: I I mean, I don't necessarily work directly with, with WooCommerce. And so maybe that can be a modified question for me. Can we talk about how I do WordPress?
1: How do you yeah. do the word?
0: Totally.
2: What's the, word, the word, nerd? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I apologize to all of your listeners that I literally just said, do the word nerd. So there you go. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, what do you, what do you want to hear? You want to hear my origin story? You want to hear like what I do day to day in WordPress? There's so many things okay. I could tell you. About so here's,
0: WordPress. so, so let's start. Yeah, let's start, let's start back. Let's take it back. Um,
2: Way not back. to
0: like diapers origin story, but like, you know, maybe um, how, uh, like where you starting in your career? And kind of how that propelled you um, to what you're doing now, Uh, because I don't think anybody ever thinks that they're going to um, end up working for an open source project um, uh, or like, you know, building crazy things with this wild community of fascinatingly diverse people. Uh, Like nobody thinks that that's going to happen. So how, like, where did you start and kind of what sent you on that trajectory?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to take us way back post diapers, pre-WordPress. So, so, uh, number one, I... Trained as a musician in college, it's the only thing that anyone would give me a scholarship for because I was not necessarily a wonderful student. I sort of fought with all of my teachers all the way through school, and so um, I, yeah, I went to school to learn how to think better and uh, and learn how to sing better and by some miracle ended up here in WordPress. What actually happened though, is that right after I graduated, I was trying to be a musician in Kansas City, which it turns out is really hard. Kansas City has a lot of really excellent musicians, a lot of really excellent uh, vocal coaches, which was also an area that I was uh, trying to get into. And so I was really struggling to, to make that work. I was talking to my mom about it at one point and she was saying, well, you know, I I think that probably what you're going to need is a website. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how, so I'm going to need you to help me. So she built me my first website, which was actually not on WordPress. Uh, And then sometime uh, about a year later, I was, as a starving artist, calling my mom to say, I'm coming down to visit you this weekend. Uh, And she said, sure, but um, I'm going to this conference I have an extra ticket if you want to go. And I was like, well, the conference sounds like a party, I'll go. And so I went and it was WordCamp Fayetteville in 2009, I want to say something like that. Um, And it was her first time hearing about WordPress. It was my first time hearing about WordPress. And we kind of decided that we needed to figure it out. And, and so we learned about WordPress together. She learned more about the SEO and content side. And I learned more about like the building and data analysis side. Uh, And, and if you fast forward over all of the minor milestones, um, Jen Milo found me working in um, the digital divide and bringing more diverse voices into technology in Kansas City and asked if I wanted to come do that with WordPress. And here we are today. So yeah, my mom introduced me to WordPress. That's a thing that people don't always know.
0: <laughs> and there was an agency somewhere in there, right?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I worked for a marketing agency. Um, they they uh, focused on travel and tourism. And that's where I met you.
0: I think that's the point where I met. Yeah, yeah that's that's where I met you because I, w- I was at WordCamp uh, right. Kansas City, I think, and um you appeared, you appeared before <laughs> me, um and th- and then you rose, you rose uh, far above me, um so um so in that origin story, you talked about some of the struggles, um you know, uh, being a musician in Kansas City and finding your way as a musical being in Kansas city, which I imagine is like similarly hard to finding uh, your way through that profession in like Nashville or Austin or something like that. Right. They're just like extreme talent there and you have to, you have to break through um, which even if you have extreme talent is still hard to do. Um, so talk about, um, I guess, the translation between those skills. Uh, Cause I always think it's interesting this intersection, right? The translation between those skills and Um, And the skills you have to have uh, to be the it's the executive director, right?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. The executive director of WordPress. So like, how does that translate?
2: I ask myself that question sometimes. I think that there are quite a few transferable skills around like being a performer and also being somebody who has to lead a bunch of people. I think that there are a lot of skills that count. Uh so having some level of poise, being able to think quickly on my feet in public, like things like that, uh, the public persona part all are obviously transferable skills. I think the primary skills that that benefit me in my, in my leadership role here with WordPress actually are not things that I learned while learning how to become a performer. Um, those I really, really uh, committed to learning. <laughs> The My path to leadership and the study of leadership is actually a, a kind of an interesting story that I rarely tell anybody, and I probably should at some point. But um, yeah, it was like my senior year of college, I was doing some final studies, and there were a couple of different papers that I had to write, and... Um, And yeah, it really tapped into my interest around like group dynamics and how groups exist and coexist and how they function and what makes them resilient and what makes them um, um, fall apart. Uh, And that was all in the context of soccer. And so (laughs) I wanted to learn more about soccer fan sections because they seemed a little bit wild, le- yet also incredibly cohesive. And that actually is what led me to learning more about leadership, which is um, has been an ongoing learning process. I learned most of my leadership uh, through trial and error as I went through um, my own career. And so I wouldn't say that my leadership skills I learned uh, in school, but certainly the parts of like being in front of people I did learn uh, while in school. So.
1: You know, there's a, an interesting thing about the music industry that, Mm -hmm. um, I I actually wrote an article on this years ago in 2014 called lessons from the tour bus, (laughs) um, where I talked about, uh, some of the parallels between music business and business in general, Mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneurship, especially, and it's amazing Every musician starts their day with a plan, right? If you're on the road, if you're touring, you start your day with a day sheet that tells you what you're going to do that day. Mm-hmm. And normally it's divided into a couple of sections. And you know those sections are generally press interactions and production, right? And then when they get on stage, they have a set list in place that tells them what the game plan for the show is. And they follow those plans to make sure that everything runs without a hitch. So I absolutely believe that uh, music prepared you for leadership because that is something that's absolutely necessary to be in a a performance of any sort uh, on a nightly or even weekly basis.
2: And I mean... If we're super candid, maybe that's why I was not succeeding as a musician, not because I I, I can't lead, but I was not a very organized person um, when I was younger. I know that's really hard for folks to believe now because I'm like the queen of organization. Give me a spreadsheet or death, you know, and so like that's that that maybe is part of why I was not uh, not the most successful one out there. But yeah, I, I, that's a great that's a great call out. And I think that anyone who is a musician, and I know we have many, many in the WordPress community of all varieties, we have like the trained classical kind and the trained jazz kind, and then the picked it up as a hobby kind. Like we've got them all over. Um, I bet all of that would resonate with them as well. Like the the artistic side of what you do is frequently a result of incredible... Um, organization and long-term commitment to knowing the basics and learning the basics and practicing the basics so well that you can do them in your sleep so that you have um, a lot of space to think on your toes when you have to.
1: Yep. And the other part that makes a band or, or a musician successful is the team they surround themselves with.
2: Yeah, ain't that true.
1: So Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that is such a huge thing that people don't see. Is yeah. that you know? Beyond ev- behind every Justin Timberlake, behind every you know uh, every Metallica, there is a, I'm a super group. happy that Justin is the first one you pulled out. Oh, way. of course, and then of Metallica. course.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I
1: have to. I have to be as diverse as possible here. Um, That's good. But behind every great artist, there is a giant team of people that keep that ship moving forward.
2: Yeah. I think, I mean, no success is a solo endeavor and anyone who claims that their success is a solo endeavor or anyone who reads into success that someone did it on their own is like, you don't, you just don't know what you can't see in there. Um, and, And yeah, I, for instance, like, yes, I'm the executive director of the WordPress project, but there's no part of me that thinks that I could do this by myself. Like I got so many people who are working on um, all of the initiatives that we have, obviously with the CMS, but also um, in other spaces as well, working with the community itself, working with the contributor experience, all of that. There are people who are doing spectacular work up and down the field and like, I may be the one with the title, but that doesn't mean that I'm solo in the success that we have here. So,
1: well, and the contributor so, experience is how you and I met.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Because we were on the training team. Yep. So, uh, and and that's the phenomenal thing about the WordPress project is that it can bring people together in ways that you wouldn't think possible. And yeah. our diversity is our strength as as an as. A project. It it really is our strength. It's pretty awesome and uh, something I'm very glad and very humbled to be a part of every day.
0: So we we often talk about um, community, right? Uh, we often talk about uh, contribution, um, and those things are paramount, right? They're they're the most important parts of. Uh, the WordPress project. even more important than than the code um, uh, in my opinion, is is the community around the project, right? Um, but i I want I want to focus on something that maybe people don't know a whole lot about and maybe there are misconceptions about. And so um, I think it would be cool if you could tell us a little bit about the culture um, within automatic um, and the culture uh, that, that you've experienced, because I think people have a lot of ideas about what it means to, to, you know, uh, you know, Matt posts some things on his blog about valuation and things like that. And so, you know, some people think it's all money and, and then some people think it's, um, you know, uh, trademark hungry, uh, uh, you know, um, corporation masquerading as a, you know, as an open source steward. Right. Uh, and there, there are all of these,
2: you came out with two really like rough examples. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, the reason, the reason, the reason I come out with the rough examples is because, um, and, and I don't, I don't want you to focus on those. Right. Um, what, what, what I want you to focus on is the, the culture inside, um, the organization because I I know from people that have um, worked there and still do work there that it's that it's a uh, it's 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 a nice place it's a nice place with nice people that do nice things um, so talk a little bit about that the, the 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 WP thing that that'll come later but I'm not even going to ask you about the specifics of that because I think enough has been written about trademark crap right um, but but uh, but there is a little bit of foreshadowing of um, some some thoughts uh, that, that you have around um, just uh, the, the project in general. OK, no specifics, just uh, generalities.
2: OK, so um, I for for anyone who doesn't know, I actually do lead our open source division at Automatic as well. So I'm leading the WordPress project as the executive director. I'm leading about ooh, 85 people, something like that, uh, <laughs> um, here inside uh, the division at Automatic. Um, and because I spend so much time working with the division and focusing on our culture. I can specifically tell you about the culture that I do my best to foster inside the division, but not necessarily the overall culture inside Automatic. Um, I have some insight in that I work there, uh, but the specific the specific implementations of culture across various divisions and teams, I won't necessarily know about because I'm just not in it. Um, but no, I think
0: I think your lived experience is, is great, right? Uh, within the organization because um, people know you and respect you and, and and I think understanding what that experience is 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 great. Yeah.
2: so um, in my division, uh, because we're working specifically with the WordPress project and other open source projects as well from time to time, um, part of uh, there are some basics to what we are always trying to do one is that we're always trying to move fast enough to be relevant but slow enough to be ethical I encourage everyone to adhere to the basics of ethical communication and I always um, try to make sure that we make decisions user first and so with those big concepts the way that everything else kind of shakes out is really specific to each team, but the heart of it is always the same. Um, and of course, we tried to stick with the four basic freedoms of open source stuff. But as far as our day-to-day culture, like we look very similar to the culture of our biggest teams inside the WordPress project. Like we all greet each other when we come in, there's some free and open conversation, communication, the discussions that we have are in channels where anyone else can see them, uh, big, like n- big substantial notes, big project kickoffs. Those all have posts that go along with them. So like the processes internally for us are really similar to the processes externally. Um, that wasn't always true. I started out uh, on a single team as a team member. There were like seven people on the team when I started. Uh, and so we have grown substantially since that time. But even when I, I was a, a single team member on a team of seven in a company of like 100 people, this was prior to to Woo joining Automatic. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an environment that is really filled with some of the best and brightest that you have in WordPress or whatever the area of expertise is that, that we need from them. And there's something really electric about that. Like sometimes it's not, I mean, sometimes it's not perfect. You get into fights because you've got the smartest people around, uh, having conversations at a level that is just sometimes impossibly high. Uh, and, and, For me, of course, my subject matter expertise at this point is a lot leadership, a lot uh, culture, a lot community building. Um, and, And when you have that sort of like group of borderline visionary people who are focused on their specific areas, for instance, me and Matthias, where I'm like, all the people in the community. And he's like, I'm here for technology. Like he and I have had our disagreements over the years. um, But I have yet to run into situations where on the other side of a disagreement, we felt like the solution was worse or the people were worse because of what was said. Like, I feel like it's a really... Disagreements
0: drive innovation, right? I mean, that's that's how, as long as everybody's civil and, uh, you know, respectful, I think that that kind of drives some really good conversations and really good changes.
2: Well, and I think that people really um, lose sight of the value of of tension in in product teams. Like, if you have a bunch of people who all think the same, you are not going to come up with the best solutions. Partially because you're not thinking outside of your own personal boxes, but also because if you have made an early misstep, there's sometimes not anyone in there who can say, I'm not sure that's the right way forward. And so like, I love not being a subject matter expert in how to write code, because that means that the questions that I have bring different elements into the conversation that people otherwise wouldn't have um, thought to bring up.
1: Well, and I think it's super important that you mention the you know the basics of ethical communication as mm. as a foundation of how you lead because you know looking at uh, I'm a, a student of business and uh, mm-hmm. you know Patrick Lencioni the the five dysfunctions of a team the the bottom of that pyramid is the absence of trust right
2: yes
1: and ethical communication fosters that trust and that's how you get difficult problems solved is by having that foundation of trust and having an environment where there's, there isn't fear of conflict because everybody's just contributing to the proper, you know, the, the common good at that point, you don't have any lack of commitment because the people who are here are here because they want to move things forward. You know, accountability is built into open source. So we don't have an avoidance of accountability and you know, inattention to results is pretty much impossible when everything is code reviewed, right? So
2: as long as you're working in the code, yeah,
1: right. Um, but in, and in general, you know, the open source nature of the project means that everything has a check and balance. That's just the, the nature of the community. So, you know, those basics of ethical communication, eliciting the best in communication and, you know, speaking non-judgmentally and listening when other people are talking, and all of those foundational characteristics of great communicators that, you know, engage in ethical communication really support creating an environment that has a lack of dysfunction. And that's the only way that these high functioning minds can collaborate in a way that things move forward generally.
2: And I, th- I think it's worth mentioning, like, as you mentioned, trust is the foundation of, of excellently functional teams. And I think it's worth mentioning that trust building in distributed organizations is incredibly hard and has to be reinvested in constantly. And like it or not, WordPress as an open source project is absolutely a distributed company like what well we're not a a company obviously a distributed organization and so like the work to to reinvest in the trust that people have in you and that you have in other people is a constant piece of maintenance just like any other relationship out there and is always harder when it's only text-based or only Zoom-based or whatever it is that you have out there. And I have, um, as the WordPress com- contributor base grows, I have frequently run into a case where like, I have two groups of people that I trust explicitly because we have been working together for a while, but those two groups run into one another and they don't Work together. And so they have no trust. And like, it never occurred to me that they wouldn't already have a foundation of trust. And so maybe I sent them to each other and then they're like, who's this random person that I've never seen in my life? How dare they? When really I'm sending people that I know are always. Um, holding the basic values of WordPress when coming up with solutions to come together on a single solution. And neither of them necessarily know that. And I have been guilty of accidentally assuming more trust in groups uh, on more than one occasion and and always come in and try to help smooth it out.
3: Hey, Bob W.P. here. And I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Boo. When you build a client site, after the fact you are doing one or two things. continuing to help them maintain their site or simply handing it over. Now whatever the case may be, you need to give your clients even more confidence in running their Woo shop. OS Training has a great collection of WooCommerce tutorials that will help your clients get the most out of their site. And as a bonus for you, the builder, you can also find training to enhance your knowledge as they continue to grow their WordPress and WooCommerce developer training. So whether it's for yourself or to help your clients understand and take control of their WooShop, Training has you covered at OSTraining.com. Need to help your clients create optimized sales funnels using their WooCommerce shop? WooFunnels gives you and your clients all the tools needed to create high converting funnels using WooCommerce. And to add to that, their CRM lets you create broadcasts and automated workflows with unlimited contacts. Because in the end, it's not just building the shop, but building sales and a solid customer base. Visit buildwoofunnels.com to learn more. And now let's head back to the show.
0: So that uh, this is, this is all helpful context. And I, I wanted to ask about um, uh, kind of like the internal experience um, before I asked th- the second question and we're not going to fly all the way to the sun and um, see solar flares with, um, you know, uh, uh, the trademark stuff. What, What I'm mainly the reason why I bring all that up is because the community has um, its share of uh, conversations, sometimes heated Um, developers, uh, as as we all know, um, uh, because I am one I can speak I can speak from um, from that perspective is, uh, you know, we don't always share things um, with as much softness as we could uh, when we're providing feedback. Um, Sometimes, uh, sometimes fingers are pointed uh, sometimes uh, more, more times than, than not um, people disagree, right? Because we're dealing with a large, large base, which is incredible, right? That's, that's what brings such life to, to the project and, um, and, and such, uh, yeah, such life. So, so, what I would love to know is not how uh, people on your team deal with this, but how Joseph uh, thinks about conflict within open source communities and kind of how you try and navigate that. Um, because I can't imagine it's super easy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I will start with this. Um, I have never seen a single organization that had zero conflict and was also healthy. I feel like when you have an organization that is afraid to, to raise a flag of concern, um, it's rarely that everybody was just like super perfectly aligned and everybody super agrees and everyone uh totally has the same thoughts on everything all the time. It's mostly that someone is afraid (laughs) or that the whole organization is being shushed. And so I see the discussions and the disagreements and the conversations and potentially even the fights that we have in the project as a sign of the fact that people care enough to say something and also a sign that they have enough psychological safety in the project to to question what is happening. So like, yes, conflict resolution is hard. And yes, it takes up a lot of my time. But um, I would rather that people have an opportunity to say, hey, I don't understand why we're doing this. And I would like your help understanding it um, over going to, I don't know, what's what's an important media place, going to New York Times and being like, WordPress hates trademarks or something like, um, I always would rather that people feel comfortable gaining the understanding that they need rather than just blameless, blameless flame throwing everywhere, um, over a, a bit of miscommunication. So that's an important part of this understanding. Um, and I, you're asking like how I approach conflict resolution work or... Or, or did that just answer the question entirely?
0: Well, it, it mostly answered the question, right? But, what, you know, when you're out there, I, sometimes it's gut-wrenching, right? When I read some of the comments that um, uh, especially people will post on the Tavern, I even get them on my blog occasionally, you know, uh, where somebody just says something and and my first reaction is like, well, what the heck, man? Like, don't don't say that. Like, that's messed up. Um, but then you 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 kind of like read into it and you're like, well, um, you know, there's there's somebody that um feels like their business is threatened by this change. Or um this they they thought they knew everything and and this kind of throws into question um what they know about the project, right? Because change is happening. Like you said, um you kind of balance uh change um with doing the right thing, right? Um that that you, you have to be on the cutting edge. And at the same time, you have to bring everybody along with you too. And sometimes those things are out of sync occasionally, right? Um, you you, a feature is deployed to the project that, um, that a lot of people are uncomfortable with, uh, and they don't know how to use it and they don't know how they're going to train their clients. And, and all of a sudden these things show up in just a, um, you know, somebody <laughs> posting, uh, posting a flamethrower, uh, in, in a comment. Right. And, and that's difficult. So I, I guess like, how do you look at those, those comments and how do you, how do you think about it? How do you unpack
2: that? Well, there's a lot to unpack in your question. So I'm just going to do some wandering around in it and then we'll, we'll figure out where we're going together. So uh, on the one hand, um, I think that you always have to look for the element of truth in any complaint that someone has. Um, if there's one thing that everyone is always an expert in, it's how something made them feel, and they may not understand the the things the the decisions that had to be made to get to something, but that doesn't mean that they didn't feel as though they were personally not heard. Because you know, WordPress serves a majority collection of minority voices. There's always going to be somebody that we didn't hear enough, right? Um, and so, I, I always care about what the. The base concern is I try never to dismiss someone's complaint as like just being a loud angry person, which is very easy to do, right? Because one of the primary ways to look like a knowledgeable person on a subject is to have a hot take, is to have an angry feeling about it, is to have a criticism. If you're just like, yeah, that's a good call. I don't agree with it, but it's fine. Like no one thinks that you're smart enough to have an angry thought about it right? And so like it's very easy to want to dismiss angry comments because it could very well be that it's somebody who wants to look knowledgeable and wants to gain some notoriety in in your online community, which for us fortunately is WordPress. And so I always do try to look for the element of truth in it and try to assume that they're right about what something made them feel. Um, I understand that getting those messages like hundreds of times a day has got to be taxing like Matt's Matt's, um, very large target. I cannot, I would never want that in my life. Like that's got to be super hard. Um, And so yeah, it's hard and you hate to see it and you hate to see people being hurt that way. Um, But also you, at the end of the day, I, at the end of the day, have to really look out for the contributors who are doing that work with us, right? Like, there is a problem with unsubstantiated claims against the WordPress project going completely unrefuted, because we just don't have one, the people to manage that one on one. And two, for the people who are actively doing that work with me with the project, like, That's a hell of an ask. It's really hard to ask them to take that sort of emotional turmoil every single day for things that sometimes they didn't do and in rare cases also potentially didn't agree with. And so I always try to default with taking care of the community members who are working on this, which, you know, is 1% of the people who are using WordPress like it is a really privileged position being able to contribute back to a project and i understand that saying it's a privileged position to have people show up and emotionally abuse you because they didn't understand what was happening in wordpress today like that's a that's (laughs) that's a rough proposition and it's
0: hard right because you're not you're not the project um but i've seen you uh kind of stand in the line of fire um, you know, Matt, other people within the organization um, stand in the line of fire, uh, even contributors, you know, who um, who, uh, uh, who don't um, don't deserve the the uh, the intensity of of a lot of these uh, comments and feelings. Um, but uh, but it, it is interesting what you say about kind of peeling back the onion and and seeing, you know, seeing why people are uh, are that upset. Um, if everybody could just like not be so mean, <laughs> uh, that'd be super cool.
2: Be more <laughs> constructive with your feedback, please.
1: Well, and there <laughs> there are two really important points related to this specific instance, right? Okay. So this specific instance started from an article that was badly researched. In my wait, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 Zach. No specifics. I promised Josepha. No specifics.
1: Okay. So we cannot do it. Okay. We cannot do it. The 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 things that, that occurred. Okay. <laughs> they First of all, if an organization holds a trademark, they have a responsibility to, de- to defend that trademark or they're going to lose it. Right. Right? So that's part of being a steward of a trademark. That's when you apply for the trademark, you sign up for having to defend it.
2: Yeah. Trademark defense is complicated. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very. And I do not envy the legal team that's responsible for that at all.
2: In
0: any Um, organization, in any organization, no. Speaking in generalities. Yeah. In any organization. Yeah. I, I imagine.
1: So it's a very difficult thing. And if you don't defend it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. So that that's a really important piece, but on the flip side of it, Now, I understand why people would be upset, Hmm. especially if they don't have the whole picture. And what we saw throughout the conversations is people developing the whole picture. So, what happened, because there isn't a fear of conflict in our space, is we saw an open communication where People expressed their opinions, right? They spoke from their own experience and perspective. They expressed their thoughts, their needs, their feelings. And people came back and tried to speak non-judgmentally in most cases, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of seeking understanding, right? So this was ethical communication in most cases.
2: Yeah. And for what it's worth, like – This project's been rolling for 18 years. We passed, 10 years ago, we passed the point where one person would have all the context all the time. Like it has been so long since one person solo could track this whole project and all of the history of it and all of the context of the current iterations of it and where everybody is, like every conversation that I approach with a community member, chances are they didn't have all the information. And I'm always happy to, to provide as much information as I can get um, and that I can reasonably share. I'm a, I am am as transparent with everything as I possibly can be. There are always decisions and discussions that you have to have in private um, because that is the nature of having people with you. Um, but yeah, like I, I think you're right. There was not the full picture And as people were discussing and getting the full picture, it became less and less alarming a situation. Um, But it did kind of take, let me see how many people collaborated with me on that. There were like eight people that helped pull that together.
0: I I would love to throw this train on a different set of tracks for for a second. I know I'm the one that set it on on the other set of tracks, but uh, I I, I would love uh, to learn about one other thing. And then, uh, I'm sure Zach might have a question. Um, if not, uh, that's cool too, but, um, I wanted to go back to something you said about, uh, about diversity, um, and that you were kind of tapped for, um, uh, for this, this, you know, higher, higher role. Um, and, uh, and, and, and you mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned the fact that, you know, diversity was a part of the decision making process, not all of the decision making process, obviously. Um, And so I guess it's kind of a broad question, because you have such great thoughts, I don't want to put it into a a small box. But what, you know, what role does diversity play within the project? And, uh, and how does it, how does it help how does it create conflict? How does it alleviate conflict? Um, what is the role of diversity within the WordPress
2: project? I mean, I think it's true that the role of diversity in any organization is is to get your best foot forward as often as possible. Because you had as many people with as many different thoughts about it uh, as is available. But specifically for WordPress, um, there's an extent to which WordPress is essentially a microcosm of, uh, of a civilization, right? Of a society. And so when we have people who look like the people who are using it in as many places as we have them using it, the more likely we are to end up with a product that actually helps more users than hurts users. And that at the end of the day is, is super important to me, making sure that what we are offering to users is um, easy to access. So WordPress doesn't get too big. You don't have to have a massive computer to make it work. It's you have training available, et cetera, et cetera. But then also making sure that it is usable based on what it is that people need to do with a CMS, right? Like there are features all over the place in track and in GitHub that people have suggested because it's individually very useful for them that don't necessarily gain traction because there are not a lot of people who need to use it that way. And so I think that the role of diversity in WordPress is absolutely to shine spotlights into the corners of software that we otherwise would not have an opportunity to see. Uh, It does create a lot of, um, not conflict necessarily, a a lot of discord, right? Because when you have different cultures coming together. And that doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter how you define culture in that moment, like working in an office versus working distributed is a difference in cultures. But like when you have a bunch of cultural differences coming together to work on a single project, you always, always are going to have a difference of opinion on what most people need, what is considered Beautiful, what is considered functional? Because that's just the way it is. There are different cultures with different norms and different um, values every day that we're working with people. Most of the time, if you have run into a weird miscommunication, it's probably that there is some cultural assumption on one side or the other of the conversation that has not yet been clearly defined. And so the part that most people miss, and that actually people find the hardest as they're trying to work together in really diverse groups, is the negotiating negotiation of meaning part of it, right? Like when I say, um, uh, or rather, if I use the acronym POC, That means something different depending on what it is that you're doing. If you're a designer, it might mean proof of concept. If you're working with diversity, equity, and inclusion, it might mean person of color. Like there are so many different things that any one word may mean differently, depending on where you're coming from. And so that's the part that people miss most of the time, they assume everybody's talking about apples. And actually, one person's talking about brownies, and the other one's talking about apples, you know, they just have to stop and be like, Wait, are you also talking about apples? And say, Oh, no, this is not apples. I was talking brownies. And then everyone's like, well, obviously brownies. So (laughs) that's a joke. I know that there are people in the world who don't like chocolate, but I don't know where you are because you would hate spending time with me. I love chocolate.
0: That ain't right. Yeah. I I don't know. I love
2: you, but I don't agree with you. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Now (laughs) on this particular subject, you did recently record a a really good podcast episode Mm. on your podcast, talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And we'll make sure that Bob gets that in the show notes so that uh, Mm -hmm. people can go and listen to that and, just get a little more uh, of your perspective on why DEI is so important and crucial Mm -hmm. to uh, the WordPress project, which I thought was a great episode by the way.
2: Oh,
1: thank you. Um, So yes, you do at least have one listener at least. Yay. (laughs) So, um, and you know, we'll share things about ethical communication as well uh, just so that people have uh, the ability to look at that and, understand uh kind of where that credo for ethical communication came from uh that's the national communication association right yes uh, and we'll share some information on the five dysfunctions of a team and uh, where all of that yes. came from just so that we can make sure that uh people can button up everything we've talked about uh throughout this episode but um uh, i want to completely derail the train and put it on a completely different path for our last question here.
2: We got some wild trains in this yard.
1: We do. We do. Uh, so we are going to jump the track, and we're going to uh, move over to a subject Zach, that you you're know. you're crazy.
0: You're crazy.
1: A subject that you know is near and dear to my heart, and that yeah. is what amazing board, card, or tabletop games have you been playing lately?
2: I'm so excited that you asked. So, number one, I have been playing this adorable game called Carto, C-A-R-T-O. It's impossibly adorable. I love it. You're like this little navigator and you're trying to find your way through various puzzles to help people. No, to help your character find their grandmother. I love it. So I've been playing a lot of that. It's It's a
1: humble bundle game, right?
2: It was. That's where I I got it. Yeah. Um, And then for board games, um, I have been playing Robinson Crusoe, which I'm terribly bad at. I have only not died one time. But it's a great game. (laughs) Yeah. Also, um, I think that you actually already know this, Zach, because I mentioned it um, previously. But I my my long-standing love of the game Wingspan is still there. Still playing it a year later.
1: Wingspan <laughs> is so great. It really is. So it's
2: good.
1: it's just it's like walking into a Zen garden of okay. birds and bird and,
2: conservation.
1: Yes, and just enjoying the the calm and collected yet competitive gameplay. It's yes. it's so much fun.
2: Yeah, uh, beautiful game. So wonderful.
1: And it's still hard to find, which is amazing.
0: Have the two of you uh, played around with the Game Crafter? No. Um, So this will just mess you up for like a good week. Um, But the Game Crafter is all these indie um, board games, card games, all this stuff made by uh, independent builders who can then essentially like have them manufactured directly by the game crafter. Um, and then it, you can, there's actually a marketplace where you can browse top rated games and then play people's games that they've made. Um, How neat. It's a wild, it's it's almost like the WordPress of, um, of games. Uh, you heard
2: it here first.
0: It's super crazy. <laughs> so yeah, um, that good luck getting any work done. Um, uh, you can also create your own, which is, which is super cool. Um, so yeah.
1: Well, uh, wait, we have come to that time. I think, uh, Josefa, we need to know where people can connect with you.
2: Yeah. You can catch me on Twitter at Josefa Hayden. Uh, and also if you're wandering around in WordPress and wanting to know what to do, like I'm over there a lot, I'm hanging out in the make, wordpress.org network of sites. I'm wandering around in there a lot. And then I wander around in the uh, WordPress community Slack, which is making WordPress. Um, I think that to get in there, you have to go to chat.wordpress.org and sign a little, sign up in a little form. But yeah, those are all the places. Oh, wait, no, there's another place. If you want to hear about leadership, because that's mostly all I ever talk about there, you can also follow my blog at josepha.blog. Can't believe I forgot that one. That's my favorite one.
1: Well, and of course, the WP Briefing podcast.
2: Yeah, WP Briefing podcast.
1: That's a big one. Um, 15 episodes in.
2: Yeah, we did a bonus because I'm actually taking a bit of of an August break from recording. But we did a bonus episode that came out on Monday, which is just me being mad at myself for not saying things right while standing alone in my closet recording with this microphone
1: that is amazing it has been uh really great i, I want to thank our, our two pod friends uh com and woofunnels.com for helping us make all of this possible we really appreciate your support and josepha it has been great to have you here and to uh be able to pick your brain a little bit about all of these amazing topics uh, you know as always um uh, We appreciate every guest that we have here and we appreciate the community here at Do The Woo and uh, look forward to the next time that we're all together.
2: Thanks for having me.